Does everybody know what time it is? It's finally time to talk about zoning. Woo! Zoning, zoning, zoning. <laughs> That's right. Submit your applications to Gruntwork. Woo! I'm a five, darn it. Grab your books, you flippin' nerd. I'm a five, darn it. So not cool to flip a bird. I'm a five, darn it. Not a two and not a ten. I'm a five, darn it. I'm a sweet pepper, not KN. In this recipe we call Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that aims for the middle. I am Landon, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, Solano, joined always by my co-host, and gosh darn it, people like me, Caps. Truman, <laughs> it's good to see you. Uh, Landon, it's good to see you too. I love that I didn't even need a first name in that, it's just, and gosh darn it, people like me. That's that's all, that's... Uh... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, yeah. People no, know who you are by now. People know who, it's been, it's been long enough, we probably don't even need to, to give our first, you know, people aren't... People don't even need our last names. I think we're on a first name basis. We're on a no name basis. They just recognize oh. us by voice alone. Uh, I'm Truman. I, I, hey, you know what? And I've been Landon the entire time. Folks, this has been <laughs> one big April Fool's prank. I'm the one hey. who lives in Madison. Um, I'm the one who owns a home. Yeah, let's 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 invest in that fantasy. Um, Landon, it's good. It's good to see you tonight, though. It's really nice. Yes, likewise. Yeah. Um, what do uh what do we do what's, now? What, what, do you, what what's going on with what you? What hap- what happens next? Uh not not a whole lot. I, it's looking like uh it's looking like after 7 months of unemployment I might just get my old job back, so I'm kind of uh, oh. trying to process that. That was a bunch of Interesting. text. That those text messages came in about 10 minutes before we started recording, so I'm kind wow. of um I'm kind of in that reality right now. Processing in real time. Interesting. Yeah, buffering, buffering. And you know what? You guys all get to share <laughs> in that and by uh, the time you're actually listening to it, uh it probably all will have fallen apart and I will be really despondent in the next episode. Um well that that's the <laughs> that's the danger of uh kind of recording um slightly before it comes out which clearly you have to do but yeah, yeah, we are I, recording I, a, a week and a day before this episode comes out. So there's always that that little delay there. With our next podcast, let's record the episodes after they come out and just find a way to like eleven twenty two sixty three that shit back into the past. I mean, because I then... did. <laughs> I maybe shouldn't say this on air because I I might use it for a story someday. But uh, yesterday, Apple unveiled their uh, Apple Vision Pro, their mm-hmm. AR, uh, uh, you know, I you know wearable. Um, tech yeah yeah year. every every five years or so they try to convince us that uh, wearable tech is going to be the thing and it keeps <laughs> not happening well this time i'm i'm not i think it might be because the way he was describing it just like recontextualize what it is which is you know he talked about um the different types of computing and he called this one spatial computing Ooh. uh which is you know being able to integrate computing into your uh everyday life you know wouldn't, they were talking about but yeah. would, wouldn't you say it's more like facial computing because you strap it onto your face yeah but it's it's mapping the 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 software onto your environment so it's mm-hmm. it's working spatially rather than you know uh 
Well, anyway, so to, we're getting too far away from the riff for it to be funny anymore. Oh, which no, is, keep going. <laughs> I thought Full that at a certain point, uh, you know, the next 10, 20 years after spatial computing, clearly they're going to have to go into temporal computing. So you can basically <laughs> type a message into a computer and say, hey, two weeks ago, could I have done this for, could you do this for me <laughs> and have it take it, take care of it? So, you know, podcasting in the past uh, or in the future might be possible. I mean, I the I think the only obstacle is that maybe by the time we get to the future, the government will have wised up and finally outlawed podcasting. They they've realized that it's uh, warping the the uh, well, not the best and brightest minds of a generation, but it's warping some minds uh, and uh, wasting a lot of people's time. Um, yeah. And anyway, speaking well, I, of that, let's... I also have um, a kind of a weird uh, temporal shift here. Uh, because and this one applies to home improvement corner, which is oh. uh, my birthday is coming up. I took the, the week off uh, because I need to do a big uh, carpentry project at home uh, to rebuild the stairs out back. I think we talked about this very briefly. Yeah. So right now, uh, this is going to air one week before I do the project. So this will be airing as I'm like buying the materials to do it, Ooh. and then. So over the next three weeks, you'll hear the progress of these stairs. Uh, right now, I'm just in the measurement and uh, getting the quantity and, and quality of, of the wood and, and stuff like that that I need. Um, and But I'll have to go through cutting and staining and sanding and screwing and... If you if you if you listen very carefully, if you pause the podcast and take out your earpods, you might actually be able to hear the faint sound of Landon hammering away in the distance, or possibly Landon loudly swearing when he realizes that his wood doesn't match up and he has to go back to Menards. <laughs> uh, that's well, that's well, that you know, th- taking uh, Richard Carnes' advice to measure measure twice, cut once. Uh, I, I'm going to take that to heart because I've already. I've already done it once where I, I measured and I'm like, okay, cool. So I just apply that to all of them, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, then when I measured the other ones, I'm like, well, those aren't the same, are they? No, they're not. So <laughs> it's worth measuring everything twice, uh, making sure that your measurements are right. And yeah. uh, don't don't buy materials you don't need. I, I, I want to poke some holes in that theory because in my middle school shop class, which was the last time I made any meaningful attempts to do any of the stuff that this TV show is about, uh, I would measure six or seven times and I would still manage to cut things wrong. So at some point, at some point there's no amount of measuring that will save you. At some point you need to admit defeat and humble yourself, uh, before the, uh, uh, the gods of home improvement and just admit that you should probably call your handier friends to do things like this. So, um, well, you know, if the cost differential wasn't like, a thousand dollars or more uh i would do that but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you when you homeown not only can you do like i i'm still in that honeymoon period where it's like i can do things like i don't have to call a maintenance person to you know or, or check with my landlord if i can do this mm-hmm. so th- that's kind of exciting um but yeah, i also just cost wise it's it's much more efficient to do it yourself yeah, I'm just I'm just really scared of uh buying a house and winding up in that position. So I guess you could say that I'm a homeown phobe. Um considering whether I want to cut that joke out already. I give you plenty of space to edit. Yeah, just give, give us some edit points there. Um so Landon, what do we do on this podcast though? <laughs> we talk about the TV show Home Improvement at least <sighs> for 
eight more episodes. Yeah, yeah, and and at, and at least for like six or seven minutes out of every episode, the rest of it is kind <laughs> of uh, running jokes about uh, you know characters that we've given specific names to, or theories about where the transitions mm-hmm, live, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, or or uh, stories about character actors. Um, so this week on Home Improvement, uh, do you want to ask me what happened? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. I want to leave you out there swimming and, and well, see what happens. Well, hey, you know, let's get let's get some more silence, you know, for for room tone. Everybody, just just chill in this next meditative hour and a half with us. <laughs> do you, do you want you really want me to ask you, Jeremy? What happened this week on Home Improvement? Thanks for asking, Landon. Like a wind up toy, I can't just go on my own. When Wilson wins $10,000 at a hockey game, he decides to use the money to build a massive Victorian-style greenhouse in his backyard. Tim is adamantly opposed to the idea, which he says will be an eyesore, and begins trying to sabotage Wilson's plans, which eventually devolves into a series of escalating, petty one-upsmanship and pranks between the two of them. But after talking to Jill, Tim realizes that the reason he's actually opposed to Wilson's massive greenhouse is because it'll fill his backyard and make it impossible for Tim to go out back and talk to his best friend. Do you want to guess that title? Yes, I do. I have three options this week. All right. First of them, it ain't easy building green. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. We don't know technically that they're they're using green methods to build a greenhouse, but uh, oh, I, I you're, promise you're right. they won't. <laughs> You're right. They are using Binford tools. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the, Randy's going to have to come back from Costa Rica and write a whole other article about how environmentally unfriendly this greenhouse is going to be. All right. Next option. Green with men V. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, Latin and, and V isn't really the, the, the thing, but... No, uh, it's not, but... I like the play on words. Me- men are the thing in this episode, though. So, uh, <laughs> hey, like so like, all, like like all of my patented characters, this is good enough, you know? Just uh, <laughs> just, just get it get it to the 45-yard line. Um, right. And lastly, getting defensive. Uh-huh. Uh, getting... There's a fence that plays... Oh! Fence. Getting defensive. Yeah. Now see? that's that's the winner. That's the winner. Okay. Well, that was a that was a quick turnaround. You went from seeming to not understand it to crowning I, I'm not gonna lie. I was I was doing research on the computer. I was not listening at all. Great, great. Now, 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 the real question is: Were you doing research on something germane to the show, or were you just like googling, like you know, what kind of grain you want to use for the new stairs that you're going to build next week? I I was very confused about a character actor on this episode, and and wanted to. Uh, Figure out who it was, um, folks. Before a- we got there, after after uh, you know, like six or seven years of making this show, we found that the best way to conduct research is to do it live on the air <laughs> while the other host is talking. And I'm not even roasting Landon for this because I will routinely do the same thing. Um, so our, our dysfunction as as hosts has really synced up over the years. Mm-hmm. 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 Which I like, was I like it? the last one though. A yeah, defense- yeah. A defensive. Defensive, a defensive. Is is that what a defensive? No, is that the title? A a defensive what? 
I, I, oh, I mean, no, the title is Getting Defensive. Getting Defensive. Okay, yes. Yeah, that's, see, you really that's were listening like to, no, to no aspect of that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, was was any of were any of those the titles? And I'm I'm closing all of my open browser tabs and listening very actively to what you're going to say next. Uh, no. Do you want to? We only got eight episodes left. Do you want to want to wager a guess on this one? And I'll give you a clue. I mean, I I, I wager I wagered three guesses already, but uh, I mean, yeah. Do, why right. don't you give give me a clue first, and then I'll wager a, final a guess. guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here here's your clue for your final guess. All which right. Is, fun. It shares a one-word title with a incredibly bizarre Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi movie. Mm, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi movie. Uh, see, Dan Aykroyd, like when I think of a, an incredibly bizarre Dan Aykroyd movie, all I think of is nothing but trouble. <laughs> but so, John Belushi was long gone after yes, that one. Yes, yes, long, long gone at that point. So... I guess blue, something something Blues Brothers, uh, uh like mm, uh, bl- one word title Greenhouse Blues. No, <laughs> what? I, that's that's two words. The, t- the okay, but they're hyphenated, Landon. They're hyphenated. Um, uh, I I I I don't know. I'm trying to think of other bizarre Dan Aykroyd movies, and and even though there are so many, I can't seem to to pick one that also has uh. Has uh, John Belushi in it? Well, just t- tell me it, what it is. Okay, it is called Neighbors. 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 I was about to say Neighbors. I was so close. Um, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's all right. It's you know. I. I mean, I guess. I guess that does. That does kind of tap into the to the deeper themes at the heart of the episode, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of just a what it is. Yeah, I guess I could have I could have went with a more less obscure like, isn't there Seth Rogen? uh, Yeah, I can't remember who the the nemesis of that was. Uh, Zach Efron? I think Zach Efron. Yeah, because it's the it's the frat boys next door. Um, I mean, look, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we could have done differently here. But I'm going to say that, honestly, I think this title is still I mean, for a descriptive just what it is title still beats Jill's birthday, you know? Yes, it, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, could, how could about we go in, birthday? We'll go into some specs here, which is this episode aired on March 16th, 1999. Truman, are you sitting down? Uh, no, actually, I'm not. Should I be? You should sit down. Okay, give me give me one sec. Just a second. Uh, Foley work. Okay, so I... I, I kind of have to shout because my my it's a standing desk and my mic is up above me. But um, <laughs> but but I'm I'm doing what you asked, Landon. I hope I hope all the fans enjoy this. Uh, did you feel a little bit different with the directing this this episode? Um, I guess a little bit. Yeah, it seemed like there were more uh, kind of uh, there was more stuff going on. Okay, I mean, and you know call out that directing is more than just the camera work but you know also the 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 blocking and you know the performances that are gotten out of characters etc etc yeah all of those felt like a lot higher brow than they've been in in prior episodes why what are you leading me to um well i'll i'm gonna do this in reverse order we have a one-time only writer named drew levin um doing this episode this is the only episode of home improvement he's done interesting Uh, 
And it was directed by none other than Patricia Richardson. Boing, what? Standing up in shock. That's amazing. I imagine what would have happened if you were already standing. I would be through the ceiling and I would then be podcasting in my upstairs neighbor's place, asking them why they walk around so loudly. Um, that is incredible. I am both kind of uh, ashamed that I didn't notice that in the opening credits, but so well done, Patricia Richardson. I This was also... Yeah. Kind of a technically complex episode. I mean, there were a bunch of different locations that they were in and different setups and everything. And yeah, and, lots wow. of sets and, and even the the technical gags, which I feel like this is going into personal reflections, I guess, uh, that we really haven't seen since the early seasons of the show where there's like an on set big you know, special effects gag. Now it's not really special effects here, but they have like blinding lights. Yes. And uh, as, as a, a gag multiple times throughout this, which is, it feels like early season jokes, which I, I kind of liked. Uh, I, I kind of missed that. Yeah. Sort of, sort of a return to the, uh, to the big time uh, uh, prop based hijinks that we've seen before. Right. Uh, An exploding dishwasher or Tim falling off the roof, you know, and, and getting caught on a harness, you know, stuff like that. Oh man. Taking us, taking us all the way back to what episode four now. Um, yeah. Th- I mean, if we're getting into personal reflections, I, kind of loved this episode i thought it was superb and arguably the best of the season so far oh wow i i I don't know why i sound so like like i'm ashamed of that but i i'm just (laughs) you don't sound ashamed of it you just sound like you live in the valley well landon i have i have huge news for you that you maybe didn't pick (laughs) up in the last decade it's i don't know maybe maybe i'm taking on that affectation because i'm a little ashamed to make myself vulnerable and 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 potentially have you respond oh i thought this sucked what did you think <laughs> i i kind of love this episode as well i mean oh, there there are some a handful of you know tim moments that are what they are but kind of to be expected at this point sure um and you know differentiating between the kind of grumbly tim that needs to be grumbly for the sake of the plot and the kind of tim saying you know men don't go men don't say halvesies yeah yeah it's like okay i'll just let my eyes roll back into my head for the eighth time not not only do men not say halvesies men don't share things period like okay cool dude great um so like outside of that yeah i they're i think they got everything out of this episode they could have it feels very well balanced brad has a, a fantastic recurring <sighs> joke throughout oh, it does mark is given something to do mark has things to do yes mark is a real person at long last mark's mark's issues with women always kind of feel like a pseudo seinfeld episode inside of a home improvement <laughs> episode it, it's it's we'll talk about it more when we get there but it's all uh, yeah. always kind of a refreshing bit uh yeah no I I completely agree and I couldn't help but uh think of you during it because his whole whole shtick is um he's aiming to be a five not a ten because mm-hmm. this girl that he likes uh recently stated she wants to she's thinking about dating a five mm-hmm. which we'll, we'll crack that up in a bit yeah. but uh so just kind of thinking of the characters you write of like just. Let's aim for the middle, and yeah. you know we'll more than likely hit it. Yeah, this is good enough. Like she's just looking at a boy and being like, "Yeah, that's fine. That's enough. <laughs> Let's go home early." I like they don't go too deep into it, but I do like that they they get into like 
the more you try to be a thing, the more you kind of go in one direction or the other. Like the more effort you put into something, the less effortless it looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, the more he's trying to be a five, the more he looks like a you know a two or a three or a, you know whatever. Yeah, um, which was kind of a, a funny game to give him. Yeah, he. I mean, he also has an assist from his dad on getting down to a two or a three. But we'll you know we'll get there. <laughs> Um, yeah. One other reflection I had, uh, you ever, you ever notice how sometimes Marty and his two young daughters live with the Taylors and sometimes they don't? (laughs) It's almost as if Jill lived so that Marty and the twins could die. I mean, uh, wow, that's a, that's a real Sophie's choice, but as much as I love William O'Leary at the end of the day, it's the, I mean, that's the, um, that's the, that's the Thanos snap trade-off that I would take, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that's no that's a good point it is pretty convenient I mean it'd be one thing if the twins weren't there every week but uh, you know because they could go stay with their mom sometimes obviously uh, yeah but to not have all of them there yeah it is kind of a, a, <laughs> a convenience that uh, the, you know the script is calling for or not yeah it's it's a it's a remarkably convenient uh family crisis. I love it when uh one of my loved ones is in the middle of a really traumatic life event but it, it but it corresponds nicely to what kind of shenanigans <laughs> I've got planned for that week because um, Marty remind me was Marty even in the hysterectomy episodes? He was in the first one where he he and Tim are ranting about women's period right. products and how uh, upsetting it is that women have opinions about those things. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he doesn't visit her in the hospital, jackass, and he doesn't... But he's not there during the recuperation period. Yeah, no, he's not. He just, it's like when the going gets tough, Marty gets going, I guess. No wonder he's getting divorced. <laughs> um, that, that... Oh, maybe, maybe he's staying with, maybe just because Jill's mom was in town, maybe maybe he went to go stay with uh, you know, the Taylor mom. Yeah, yeah, or maybe, or or maybe, uh, because uh, Jill's mom was in town, he crashed with his old friend Alf, and uh, <laughs> they're I, going I, on a road trip with the twins. I mean, I mean, now listen, uh, I've made my opinions about Alf pretty clear, but also the thought of <laughs> William O'Leary, his life in shambles, having to move his two daughters into Alf's house. Now that <laughs> I, I wouldn't necessarily like that, but I do want a little taste. I want, I just want to see like five minutes of that. <laughs> Marty, oh, you man, need to discipline was... them more. You can't let your daughters get away with everything. <laughs> uh, insert 1990s pop culture reference. Oh man, you're you're almost as bad a parent to them as uh, as as uh, Anna Nicole Smith is to her young son. Ha ha ha! Take that. Uh, anyway. Anyway, wow. Do, do you want to anyway. get do you want to get into it? Yeah, really, really punching up at Anna Nicole Smith, a woman who really just got the worst of uh, of pop culture thrown at her. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know that she had an issue with her son, which is just makes it an absurd joke. I know, um, I know. It 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 it's really inconvenient that I was a child for so much of the '90s and wasn't really absorbing the kind of gossip that Alf <laughs> trades in. I think there are uh, chemical companies that want to know your secret. <laughs> uh look why don't we uh why don't we just get into this episode so we can stop circling uh and underlining how bad my jokes about the 90s are all right well then if you are ready let's uh pool our money together and try to get the attention of the attendant walking up and down the 
aisleway stairs uh, as they're calling out. Um, when you, hey, you want a peanut? Hey, you want a uh, cotton candy? Hey, you want a hot nacho? You didn't do it. You, uh, didn't, you didn't write one again, did you? You didn't. You didn't <laughs> you, write one. You, this is a couple times you, this has happened we, in the last few we episodes. Throw them a quarter, and, and he, he what, frisbees over some nachos, what, what and the of, nacho sauce goes over everybody. What kind of, what kind of uh, fucking stadium prices are, are we talking like, about? Hey, I, now I gotta take my clothes to the, was, the 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 dry cleaner. It's like, like a, they're talking to my grandpa right now. It, as it, if I jumped like, into oh, the deep dive. I'd go I'd go to a Red Wings game and you could get a thing of nachos for a quarter. Look at this shit. This is insane. You 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 cut co- you come after me for the factuality of my Anna Nicole Smith joke, which I admit was probably in poor taste. And then you you come at th- th- me with this. Ugh. I got there. You got there. You got there. Hey, I got there. Hey, hey, everybody, get ready. I'm going to do my catchphrase. This is good enough. <laughs> okay. So we start with Jill at the computer finishing off her thesis. Brad and Tim which come in. Which episode is this? What do you Number mean? Which twenty? Ep- episode twenty. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. I'm yes, good. we got like what, like like six left or some shit. I don't even know. Seven. Seven left. Jill eight is left. A- okay. Great. Eight episodes left. Is it only Seven eight? Left. Oh man, it's somehow it it seems like too many. Um Jill's at the computer. Brad and Tim come in. They're wearing their Detroit Red Wings gear which is stained with uh food and blood from Red Wings games past. Uh and they mention that it's Wilson's birthday. They're going to take Wilson to this Red Wings game. They've also got some octopi that they're going to throw on the ice because that's a thing that people do at hockey games in Detroit. And uh, so they're heading off to the game, and Mark mentions to Jill that he is going out to a pizza place with Jenny Curtis, the cutest girl in his film class, and she is uh, really into guys who are fives, and she's got a five fetish, I guess, and uh, Mark (laughs) thinks that he's got an in because he's a five. So, so yeah. So, So. Truman, uh, I'm just trying to plan for November. Um, Do you want to go to the equator and spend a lot of time outside uh maybe hiking and um with with no video games or air mm-hmm. conditioning whatsoever mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and um yeah. do you want to uh spend it with a bunch of people you find very irritating yeah um, okay yeah uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, that's, no, that sounds great, man. That sounds like you have a really good sense of the things that I'm into and what my interests are. And, uh, that sounds like a great way to celebrate, uh, celebrate my birthday. Um, you know, or, and maybe, maybe for that trip, uh, you could even buy me, um, like a, a shirt that says, I love hiking at the equator, uh, to be... <laughs> Having having not considered that the fact that I don't own one suggests that I am not a fan of this. Folks, what we're trying to get at here is the fact that why are they taking Wilson to a sports game for his birthday when Wilson clearly does not like or even comprehend what sports are? Exactly. It almost feels like Tim had free tickets that just happened to coincide with Wilson's birthday. And he's like, hey, I'll take Wilson. Yeah, um, it, yeah, yeah. It, 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 does, it does smack of re-gifting, but... Honestly, every time I've, like, if watching this made me think, like, fuck, maybe I want to go to a sporting event because Wilson has the best time. He has so much fun. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's true. He does. uh, But uh, Tim and Brad don't really. I mean, like, he's still doing the same thing. Well, we'll get to it in the next scene. I don't want to spoil that. I got so much more to talk about with this scene. Yeah. Um, Okay. We'll get to Mark in a second. 
Um, one thing we didn't talk about, and I noticed this a couple episodes ago, but it comes back into play here. Brad Single. Yeah. Oh shit. What Brad- happened? What happened to the older woman? Yeah, actually, that would be. That would have been a good thing to cover instead of maybe watching Tim launching pencil rockets a few episodes Fucking back. Bringing that episode up again. I've, I've said, but this time I'm not bringing it up in a fond way. I'm bringing it up in a bad <laughs> way. Um, yeah. Well, is it just that he? But is it just that he looks at that cute girl who throws an octopus at him, or uh, like how do well, we know that he's single? He's mentioned it a couple times when they were gonna get ready to go to. Um, remember when Tim had the the skiing brochures? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was gonna meet all the ski bunnies. Yeah. Yeah, what happened there? I mean, is it just that that it finally sunk in? She's like, "Oh yeah, I'm in college and can date college guys, and this kid is in high school." What? Wait, what? Like the speaking from experience, the thing that inevitably happens when you are still in high school and the girl you're dating is in college, uh, she realizes, "Oh, there's there's better stuff on the menu, so to speak." <laughs> I hope so. I hope that's the case, and not some you know perverse reverse of that of of brad thinking there's better things out there now that he's looking at college so i i mean uh, i i mean either way like it means that this girl doesn't have to continue dating a an emotionally stunted high school guy so i think it's yes. i think she wins either way and you know what brad's okay, gonna right. brad's gonna do fine brad's dreamy and he seems to meet an awful lot of beautiful women no matter what so he'll he'll be good <laughs> i'm not i'm not shedding any tears for brad uh okay let's go to uh the sporting event thing here tim says uh they're taking wilson to the red wing game uh that he oh so he's got this uh is it a jacket i think a pullover jacket and it's like a sweatshirt yeah jill says uh when tim shows her the uh the pullover sweater uh jill says hey that's too clean making reference to brad and and tim's shirts that are stained with blood and ketchup uh, that you need to to rub some ketchup on it to make him you know look like he fits in, and Tim goes, no no no, I think this pullover has more of a mustard feel though. For Wilson, I would say Grey Poupon, um, <laughs> which <laughs> uh, nothing about Wilson really screams fancy mustard. Yeah, you know like handmade mustard maybe. Yeah. Yeah, or like you're, you know, or like you know, squirrel, squirrel grease, or something like that. Like uh, you know, or, <laughs> yeah, or like, yeah. or, or you know, ch- you know, Chilean insanity pepper jam, right? Or, or, yeah, like it, Grey, Grey Poupon is famously like just roll down the window of the limousine next to you and ask if they have any Grey Poupon. Wilson doesn't strike me as the billionaire in the <laughs> the limousine. Uh, yeah, th- this is that is the sort of joke that Marty Crane would make when he's trying to uh, take <laughs> Frazier and Niles to a hockey <laughs> yes. game. It's like, oh, we'll rub some Grey Poupon on it. You're going to love it. Like, th- yeah, <laughs> that is not uh, that is not a Wilson thing at all. Wilson's tastes are not refined. They are just exotic and weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lastly, okay, before we get to, this is the last thing I have before we get to Mark, which is something so quick that, and and it's just telegraphed, obviously, as a joke that I don't, it's very easy to overlook. Yeah. But Tim comes back in after Jill and and Mark have been talking for a second, uh, because he forgot his, his foam finger on the counter. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, he comes in and makes a, you know, uh, passing reference and po- points the finger at Jill and says, smell my finger. Yeah, he does. Not pull my finger. <laughs> yeah. 
people only ask you to smell their finger after one thing, really. Yeah. You know what, dude? I know that I was giving you a hard time earlier about the intro to the deep dive, but I just want to say that I love you because I heard that line and I kind of paused and I made a note about it. And I was like, I don't know. It, maybe it's maybe I'm just weird for even seeing the weird connection there. I, maybe I don't want to bring this up. I don't know. Yeah, it's really weird that he says, smell my finger, almost as though Tim Allen was going off script and it got past the censors. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can see how easily it would because it it does, you know, it's it has the same exact structure, you know, whatever. It's just a switch of one word, but <laughs> that is that that really stuck out to me of like that that's a <laughs> like a variation, like an outtake that they accidentally used the wrong uh the, the wrong version in the final edit yeah no i i think that uh i i think that it, it kind of rhymes in a way with the very end of last episode where tim all all but implies that he's going to go upstairs and masturbate to a picture of a whale in a <laughs> in, in a in an encyclopedia it's like tim allen is really being like go ahead and cancel us no seriously i'd love to see you try some shit abc <laughs> Um, well, I mean, they're not even in fear. I think at this point they know that they're not continuing. So, yeah. you know, like they're, I mean, cancellation isn't even on the books. They probably already got most of the, the scripts written. Like, exactly. Yeah. What but, are they going to do? Fine him probably if that. But yeah, but that's, that's just exactly it. He's like, you know what? I've decided, no, I don't want to kill Patricia Richardson off and, and keep doing this show with me and my brother. I don't want to kill Jill off, mind you. I don't, I don't think actually literally killing Patricia Richardson was ever on the table. And, (laughs) and if it, and if it was, we would, we would, uh, you know, uh, use the future podcasting, uh, technology to travel back in time and save her. And it would be a wonderful, uh, wonderful episode. Perfect. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like he's at this point where it's like, okay, I've made the decision. I'm ending the show. Now I'm just going to do all the stuff I want. And that basically equates to trying to sneak really dirty jokes into the show and succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, okay. Yeah. I just had to say that. Let's talk about Mark real quick. Yes. So I'm th- this whole uh, storyline with Mark and him wanting to get with this girl by being a five, A... It it really does. It, it is such a kind of funny bit that almost feels like I, I don't know. It, it it just it feels like a more subtle or nuanced form of comedy than Home Improvement normally does. This notion of I want to get with the girl, but I can't be too handsome. I have to be kind of a little bit le- <laughs> like that's that yeah. that is that is one thing that is sort of interesting and stands out about it. The other thing is that this more than anything else really had me looking at Mark and thinking like. You were just a little baby once. You were just a cute little blonde kid <laughs> wow. who wanted to take his shirt off and work on an electrical outlet with his dad because he thought that men had to be naked to do stuff. Like, I don't know. This is just like the first time it's really hit for me. Like, God, I've watched you grow up. You. This is like the closest I'm going to get to having a son is watching <laughs> Tara watching Noah Mark. Smith grow up. Uh, and really grow. My my main note is, is he seven feet tall? I it just it just towering over his parents. It's just insane. He walked in, and I, it was just maybe I don't know the the way it was framed or something, but like it was foot to foot to top to bottom of the frame. He just filled the screen as he walked in, and I'm like, Jesus. Maybe just because Jill was sitting down. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> just he looks like he went through a massive growth spurt. 
he's no longer small enough to be picked on. That's basically it. All of his punchlines before, or, or all of the, like, before it seemed like he was just there to get beat up on by the other boys. But now he's, now he's big enough that even though Brad clearly would win in a fight, he's like, you know, you, you can't, you can't push him around anymore. He's, he's too massive. Yeah. Uh, do you want to guess what his actual height is? <sighs> is his actual, is he, I'm going to, I'm going to do the most boring thing and guess my height. Is he 5'11"? Uh, he is six foot one and a half. Jesus! Mark from <laughs> Home Improvement is taller than me. Folks, yeah. um, you know what? Uh, hoist my, uh, hoist my gym shorts up into the rafters. I'm retiring from podcasting. I can't, um, I can't get uh, my head around uh, that. Hold on. I got something else for you to get your head around. Oh, no. Is it, is it a finger? <laughs> I'm on his IMDb page, and at the very bottom of these pages, there's often, like, related news. There's, I don't know if I want to click on this, but I'm going to. Uh, there's an article at the very end published on April 14th that says, Mark from Home Improvement works for Elon Musk after creating a vegan cheese. Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> a kind of a roller coaster there, because as someone who uh, once uh, dated a vegan, I know how bad vegan cheese can be. So I'm excited that that <laughs> someone, especially Mark, is out there innovating Better forms of vegan cheese. I can't say I love who he's chosen to partner up with, but also I guess that guy has money to invest. So maybe you know you you, you know you you make some bad deals. Yeah, I, I don't. This I clicked on the article and it's literally one of these like, Terranova Smith began acting at eight. Blah blah blah. Like sixteen mm-hmm. paragraphs of mm-hmm. just his bio. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's great. That's great. Yeah, and and there's there's one one weird trick to uh, to a flat belly dentist hate this man. Uh, you know, a picture of someone who looks vaguely like <laughs> yeah. Biden and an announcement about uh, uh, interest rates going down. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, good good for him. Maybe that's what he was doing all these years that he wasn't really being featured in episodes. He was just off tinkering with uh, non dairy cheeses. <laughs> You know what I I would well he's got his investor but uh, if he came to me I would have invested. Oh well that's that's good that would have been that'd be a very interesting Shark Tank episode. One of the sharks is Elon Musk and the other one is uh, podcast host Landon Solano and it's like okay well <laughs> we we're we're uh you know we can we can we bring different amounts of uh, angel investment to this uh, to this scenario. But also different amounts of emotional support. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Listen, listen, Elon Musk is running multiple companies, and he has, like, seven children who he's either emotionally abusing or not paying attention to. Me? If you if you invest, if you let me invest in your company, Mark, I will, you call me anytime, I'll be there to talk, I'm very supportive. <laughs> I don't, I, I am not ruining any social networks right now. Uh, not right now. Yeah, yeah, no, in the future, who knows. <laughs> uh what else do you have for this uh scene uh anything we need to set up for what's to come with uh with mark and uh the the girl's name is jenny right yeah. yes it's jenny which not is to be confused with original jenny og jenny yeah yeah how many how many girls names are there in the world that they couldn't have found a different one is it just every, every... I mean, this is the Detroit <laughs> suburbs in the 90s. I can't tell you how many Jennies I knew. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't. I guess it I guess it lines up. I mean, maybe there was just something in the zeitgeist in the 90s, because as I recall, Forrest Gump was also pretty hung up on a girl named Jenny. So maybe <laughs> um, it's just something in the water. 
Uh, no, I think um, I, I think that's basically it. Yeah, he's meeting her at the pizza parlor, and uh, he's he's not he just doesn't want to look too good because uh, he wants to be a five. I I think the only other thing I'd say about it is it, it is sort of weird, and I'm not criticizing the bit at all because I think that the whole plotline is funny. It's just interesting to think of someone being like, I don't want to date someone who's too attractive, like. <laughs> I don't know. It just I mean, a, I, I think that's kind of healthy. I mean, it, I think it's, it's not it. It's not the. It's the way it's being framed. It's not. I don't want to date someone who's too attractive. It's the inverse of that, which is attraction is relative, and you know I can't control who I'm attracted to. So what I'm attracted to is maybe considered a five by the standards of people who actually apply numbers to these things. Okay, I guess I guess that's I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. I'm you know I beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is in the five of the beholder, if you will. Um, is that another? Should I add that to your your title guest tally? Yeah, yeah, sure. Put, yeah, put that in there. Um, it's another kind of half baked idea that is just good enough. Um, yeah, do you want to go to the uh, Do you want to go to the game? Yeah, we get a bunch of Red Wings paraphernalia, including a Stanley Cup, uh, transitioning us to the theme song, and we come back at. Joe Lewis Arena. I I saw that you know during that I saw the thing that is the Stanley Cup go by and I thought oh wow they've got the Heisman Trophy in here that's a good uh, that's a good hockey reference just showing you how how much of an expert I am on on this uh, on this <laughs> subject and indeed on on football as well. Um, yeah, so they're at the stadium. Uh, Wilson's face is uh, continually blocked by snacks, either popcorn or cotton candy, and. Um, they're there. Brad is upset that he's got a seat right behind a really tall person, so uh, he and Wilson switch places. And uh, then as the game goes on, Wilson is just uh, telling them about a whole lot of hockey facts, doesn't seem super interested in watching the hockey game. Uh, but then uh, at the quarter break or halftime or Zamboni time, whatever it is, uh, they, first period, first period, they uh, do the giveaway where everybody check your seat and the person sitting in, in this seat number gets a prize. And it turns out that Wilson's seat gets the prize. And uh, Wilson is saying to uh, Brad and Tim, like, oh, this isn't fair that I should get it. I mean, Tim, you bought the tickets and Brad, I took your seat. And they say, oh, no, 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 no. And, Wil- and Wilson says, oh, well, we could go halvesies on whatever the prize is. And they say, oh, no, men don't. Men don't go halvesies, men don't share, men, men don't even say halvesies. And then uh, the stadium officials come and get Wilson, and we see him on the Jumbotron getting a check for $10,000, uh, because he is the one millionth uh, guest to come to this stadium, I guess. And Tim and Brad are not happy to have missed out on the chance to get a slice of that ten grand. That is true. Yes. Um. All right. I have a couple of things I want to go into in this, so I'll let you kind of start us off. Um, so Chekhov's octopus. Uh, previously, <laughs> Jill has been Jill has discovered an octopus in the fridge and been upset about it because Tim intends to take it to a Red Wings game. This episode, not only do we see Tim carrying an octopus out of the refrigerator in the previous scene. You know, I see that and I'm like, okay, good. Well, we actually see it. That well done, props department. We get to the end of the period, the the you know buzzer rings or whatever, and Tim just stands up and we see him full on chucking an actual dead octopus towards the ice, and it's like, okay, home improvement, well done. That was, uh, you know, you you introduce a concept and you show it off. And then it's only enhanced by the fact that Brad is standing up and cheering. Someone else throws an octopus and it hits him in the back of the head. Um. 
which is just a funny <laughs> thing to happen. It's just really great. I love, I just, just everything else around it is funny too, but just getting clocked in the back of the head with a frozen octopus is very funny. <laughs> uh, I mean, it serves them right for throwing an octopus to begin with. Yes, I don't feel, again, I think, and I think we spent like 45 minutes talking about this last time. I still don't feel yeah, great about, about, you know, harvesting and eating octopi, but hey, you know what, they, those ones were already dead, and it made for a good uh, a good joke on a TV sitcom. So I guess their their deaths were not in vain. <laughs> uh, yes. So okay. Wow. What do I talk about here? What about do you talk about the Red Wings? Um, I'm going to start with this, which is um, we're at Joe Louis Arena, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember on this actual podcast that we do here three years ago. We mourn the loss of Joe Lois Arena. Oh right, Joe yeah. Lewis. Arena. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe Lois is uh, that. That's the <laughs> that's the knockoff mockbuster version of it. That you get the wrong directions <laughs> and you go there and you see a hooky game. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> being played at MVP too. Yeah. The <laughs> so there. There's that. I love their kind of hometown dedication here. Just mm-hmm. they. They've. It's not only just like. Kroger brand, brand Red Wings, like they actually have Hockey Town gear. Yeah. Hockey Town was such a a huge thing at the time because um, they the Red Wings were actually the uh, uh, reigning champions at this uh, when they would have been going here. So uh, going wow. to this game, damn. So they were they were the pre uh, previous uh, two times I think the ninety seven and ninety eight uh, both won um, the Stanley Cup. So. And then in 95, they were up against the Devils and ended up losing. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so there's that. Um, I was going to go into the roster. Do we really want to do that? We, I don't. We, just, I, do we? we had a killer roster at the time. Is on okay. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Good. Good for good for the roster. Did the did the octopus enhance the roster in any way? Did they wait? Were there any chimps on the team? <laughs> Um, there, well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't I, speak I, for everybody. Um, I feel like you would know. I feel like if there was a chimp playing for the Detroit Red Wings when you were living in Detroit, you would have found out about it. <laughs> Not if I am from the world of MVB2. Mm, that's, that's true. I guess, the, yeah, I guess those people didn't really understand what was going on you or they didn't it. realize which one he was. But, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, for, for our nostalgic michiganders here let me just run down this all-star roster that we have okay here Uh, we go (laughs) we had chris draper sergey fedorov uh martin lapointe we had darren mccarty we had brandon shanahan steve eisenman uh chris chelios was still on the team our goalie was uh chris osgood i mean it was a killer lineup it wasn't the one where we also had brett hall but Mm -hmm. that was kind Mm -hmm. of a that was kind of an unfair one. Um, we also had, oh wait, did I say Holstrom? I didn't say Holstrom. You didn't say Holstrom, no. Uh, and Maltby, we had Kirk Maltby. Yeah, it was it was a it was a killer it was a killer lineup. Yeah, I mean it 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 sounds really great. Those names are some pretty uh, top notch solid names. I I'm I'm tr- I'm trying my best to be a good interlocutor here, but I just I I cannot I cannot come up with much to say about hockey. But they all sound okay, all right. they sound like a nice bunch of guys. They. I mean, I, 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 this is, so 
I have never seen a football game in my life. I have no allegiance to the Detroit Lions whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was into baseball growing up and went to many Tigers games. And so I, even though I've I've switched teams to the Brewers, I do have some nostalgia for um, the Tigers. The watching the Red Wings, though, I as a kid, I was very invested uh, through. I'd say maybe my high school years. So mm-hmm. I. Maybe maybe I was at this game. I don't remember Ooh. if I ever was at a game and Wilson Wilson Jr. won ten thousand dollars. <laughs> you, you, uh, like if we if we look at the actual game footage that they're showing uh, in, in the episode, maybe if we look really closely at the fans in the background, we can find you. Like that like Ooh, that time actually, that guy who was being tried for murder showed up in the background of a Curb Your oh, Enthusiasm yeah. episode at Lakers, uh, the the Staples Center, and then he got uh, me... exonerated. Let me see. Uh, looks who are they playing here? Looks like they're playing Montreal. Mm, hmm. Yeah, I think I that, that I went to Frenchies. a Montreal game. Mm. <laughs> well, actually, I guess uh, they I guess they lost in this game, so I guess it's more like take that Red Wings, which seems like I'm rooting against the home team. Well, that that lends credence to the fact that I might have been there because every single Red Wing game I went to, it, they lost. Ooh, so kind of a bad luck charm is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, well, I know I I wasn't wearing uh, my soiled shirt, so you know this is this is the thing, man. You should have rubbed some gray poupon on it. It would have been a different story. Um, <laughs> so so uh, unless unless you have unless you have more uh, memory lane trips with the uh, with the players, uh, uh, no, I forgot what happened in the scene. Can you synopsize it for me? Can I synopsize? Okay, yeah. So we're at the stadium, and Wilson's face is blocked by snacks. Um, <laughs> Well, actually, no. Let's we can we can ease out of it very gently because Tim is thrilled. He is so excited when the Zamboni comes out. And the one mm-hmm. hockey game I've been to, uh, that was my favorite part. Also, when the Zamboni came out, um, how do you feel about Zambonis? They were fun. Uh, it wasn't just the Zamboni show when I was there. Like they always had uh, some other activity going on. Um, you know, either before the Zamboni came out or right after, you know, you have the like little kid that comes out and, and tries to shoot a puck in the, the net from mm-hmm. half court yeah. or from half ice, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, you had the, the morning DJs come out and sponsor something or yeah. So there's always something going on, but I don't know. Zambonis are fun to watch, I guess. I used- there's something satisfying, not necessarily about the Zamboni, but about the clearing of the ice. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's what I what I like most about it is just watching, you know, scuffed up ice go under the front and then smooth ice come out the back. <laughs> I've got a couple of YouTube channels I should show you. I, I hey hey man, slow TV, just show me show me a Zamboni going around. <laughs> um how do you feel about World War II lighters being restored from <laughs> rusty to brand new. Ooh, I mean, almost as good as I feel about somebody pressure washing a dirty deck. Have you got any of that for me? <laughs> just like a, just like, just a guy in a, in a dark alley with a, with a trench coat full of uh, kind of therapeutic <laughs> slow TV. <laughs> Do you want to see a GoPro mounted on the front of a high speed train going from Oslo to Reykjavik? $200 cash. First one's free. Um, <laughs> so, also, Wilson, they, they ask him at the game how old he is, and he says, counting all my lives, I'm 12,342 years old, but that doesn't include the years that I was frozen. And 
As many questions as I have about this, I also love that at this point, nobody questions any weird stuff about Wilson anymore. They just roll with it. Just go, oh, okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, agreed. I mean, that's that's even too low hanging fruit to really dive into a theory. No, no. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, we we already have suspected from an early uh, you know early moment in the podcast that he's an ageless being. Um. Also, when they first you know when they're first sitting down, Brad is sitting behind someone who's tall, and he says, yep. "Lucky me, I sit behind a human giraffe." But he doesn't say this under his breath he like leans over to the person sitting for the guy's ear the guy is like looking at him when he says it and it's like a dick move just dick move (laughs) it's not that that guy didn't choose to be tall b uh we know where he learned this from because tim would do the exact same thing c i don't know much about sports my understanding though is that of the sports fans hockey fans can be some of the punchier ones i wouldn't be going out of my way to start a fight i don't know about that Uh, i don't know uh, i don't know about that uh, i don't know about that maybe i'm just maybe i'm just conflating things i know about philadelphia sports fans with hockey fans let's go to the let's go to the numbers on that one okay give me some dot matrix printouts i want to i want to check the i want to i want to cross-reference uh, okay, well, you know what? That, that'll that'll be great. I'll have my data people send that over to you, and we'll get an update great. for the listeners later in the show. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, uh, also worth mentioning that the that when Brad gets hit in the back of the head with an octopus, he is first very pissed off until he realizes that the person who threw it is a hot young lady, and then it sort of turns into a hubba hubba honk honk woo woo uh, banging <laughs> yourself honking? on the head with a what, what's he honking? I don't. know. He's honking like his nose, I guess. I don't know. He's a he's a uh, he's a clown at this point. I, I don't know. It, it just, it's, it's, it, I, I honestly, I saw it happen and I was like, oh, okay. So this, this episode, like the B plot is going to be Brad trying to get with this hot lady who threw an octopus at him. No, it's no, it's not. It was just kind of a one-off bit. Here, here's, yep. here's a cute girl. Here's a, here's her throwing an octopus at Brad. Still funny. Um, so funny. She walks back up to her boyfriend, which is yeah. also funny. Yeah. Also, also good. Yeah. Brad gets pretty discouraged by that. Uh, and, and rightfully so. Um, yeah, so, so, I mean, do you want to, do you want to open up? No, well, there's, there's one or two more things we should talk about here. Yeah. One is, uh, when Wilson and Brad switch seats, because Wilson suggests, i.e. him being taller Mm -hmm. and not caring as much about sports. Brad, do you want to switch seats with me? Brad's like, fine. Which opens up the whole halvesies conversation. Um, yeah. And when Wilson wins, uh, and is taken away Brad is like, why'd you tell him you didn't want to go half and half? And uh, Tim's like, ah, you know, they're always kind of um, stupid prizes anyway. The last winner got a year's worth of pudding. <laughs> Brad, thus starts Brad's recurring joke throughout the, the episode. He's like, but I like pudding. <laughs> his his eyes are like wide with both delight <laughs> at the concept and also horror that he could have missed out on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah. So I thought that was funny. So do do you think uh, I I agree? Br- Brad's running obsession with pudding is great. Do you think that Brad's favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie is Punch Drunk Love? Do you think that the concept <laughs> of being able to uh, just just having a warehouse full of pudding is is just very enticing to him? 
Uh, I don't think it's his favorite movie, but I do guarantee you he calls it the pudding movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pud Drunk Love. What was that? What was that dumb pudding movie you made me watch? <laughs> why? Why does he spend so much time just playing that stupid little harmonium they dropped out of the van when he could have been eating all that pudding he was buying? The pudding's gonna get <laughs> wasted, Adam Sandler. <laughs> why is he not honking things more? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, honk drunk love. Um <laughs> Honestly, if the guy if 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 the guy sitting in front of him got up and punched him and then he saw the hot girl and went honk honk, that it would really be punch honk love. Um So uh so yeah, uh do we want to move on to the next scene so I'll stop uh, trying to free associate? Yeah, uh you said that Wilson got his uh $10,000 check and Tim- Yes rolls his eyes like ah oh, god damn it i shouldn't have been such a misogynistic piece of shit well I, yeah he he gets the ten thousand dollars they're showing it on the on the jumbotron and there's a, a credit to patricia richardson's directing there is just a very long shot of tim and brad staring at the jumbotron slack jawed dying inside <laughs> just yes the, the, this moment breathes for so long and finally tim just goes or no brad just goes that's a lot of pudding um <laughs> g- g- great a beautiful brilliant, choice brilliant yeah love it okay love it. we do get a transition of uh pudding snacks filling the screen mm. and it's the variety pack so you have the vanilla you have the uh the dark chocolate light mm. chocolate you have the milk chocolate uh and lighter espresso chocolate maybe uh were they getting who are they marketing espresso flavored pudding to in the 90s <laughs> hey, hey kids it's italian like... roast <laughs> dip your dunkaroos in it <laughs> that, i mean that would 100 percent be 2023 but yeah no uh, they're doing it now they just weren't doing it then <laughs> But I ate so many of these. I would probably go through a six pack of pudding snacks in an evening. Oh man, you just at this time. I'm I'm picturing you sitting at the at the bar surrounded by by finished puddings. You're like, hit me again, ah, Landon. I think you've had enough. I'll tell you when I've had enough pudding. Kind of, yeah. Uh, so just seeing all of these stacked up, I'm like, as if they are like. Someone at a bar, uh, you know, you do the dissolve and there's just <laughs> empty pudding cups scattered around him. You're, That's what this looks like. Maybe I'll just leave the bottle for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, all right. We go back home where Jill is uh, taking some popcorn out of the microwave and Mark comes in. What happens? Yes. Uh, Mark is despondent because he was at the uh, he was at the pizza place. Things seem to be going well with uh, Jenny too, but then uh, a guy who used to be a ten but has since gotten cl- glasses and started a ham radio club uh, came in, and he seems to be better qualified as a five than Mark, and she seemed more interested in him. So Mark is upset about that. Tim and Brad get home. They're butthurt that Wilson isn't going to share the money with him, largely because Tim aggressively discouraged him from doing so. Uh, they lament that he's going to spend the money on something stupid, like books, for instance, and then Wilson comes in with a stack of gardening books and announces his plan to uh, build a greenhouse where he can grow whatever he wants in his own backyard. <laughs> um, okay, I, where <laughs> where to even start with this? What it, What's the... Wh- um, <laughs> yeah, talk it out. Use your words. What's... Uh, what? <laughs> What's the nerd math 
on be- going from a 10 to a 5. Because it seems like, well, I guess this is the 90s, so Glasses alone does that. Yeah, or... If, or, we've, seen, if we've learned anything from She's All That. Yes, Glasses go a long way, and then by 90s math... The the more time that you spend using a computer, the the nerdier you get, and it becomes kind of exponential. If you if you mm. know what Usenet is, that already ratchets you down a few points south of ten. Okay, so the fact that he is uh, starting a ham, or a ham radio club is is gotta gotta knock him down. Yeah, the the thing is that today I feel like uh, running a ham radio club makes you kind of like a, ooh he's so alternative he's all, all you know oh he's artsy like that's um, yeah right yeah yeah total throwback. Um, yeah I I I just like how fast you can go from a ten to a five. All it, all it takes is uh, all it takes is the the wrong specs and you uh, you you. I mean. Do you remember high school? I do feel like that's that's pretty authentic. I, I mean, look, I was I was rocking a four throughout high school with no chance to climb above and and really no uh you know th- there there was no sort of competition like this. So I wasn't even I wasn't even aware that the scale went higher than five. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I s- started a friend group, myself being probably a two, and watch someone go from a five to a 10, but also another friend that was probably a four by proxy, go up to a seven. Ooh, uh, I saw a lot of weird math going on and I never rose above a two. Yeah. And you also never uh, got good at math either, which is uh, kind of a shame. <laughs> it is not it hindered me at all in my life. So what do I care? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're fine. It, We're... it only cost me a couple thousand dollars in, in college for an arbitrary credit <laughs> that they wouldn't transfer. <laughs> hey, but you know, we're not, we're not holding grudges about what number we were in high school or how the community college admissions office worked. Um, like, you know, likewise though, uh, Brad is holding a grudge about, about the pudding stuff because, uh, you know, when they explained to Jill that Wilson isn't going to share the money and Brad says, yeah, because, because dad told him guys don't split stuff. And Tim goes, that's when I thought the prize was pudding. And Brad goes, I enjoy pudding. <laughs> it's, oh man, it, it, I, I can't say enough good things about Zachary Ty Bryan. He is so funny. He is such an MVP. I'm kind of sorry that he didn't uh, really uh, get another sitcom after this because I think he's he's very good at playing a kind of perennially confused jock who loves pudding. <laughs> um, he also says what I thought was kind of funny. He's probably going to spin it on something stupid like books. <laughs> I love and that it. cued Wilson to, to come knock at the door, carrying a stack of not books, but magazines that cover his face through the, the rest of the scene. And, and, and then just, just so we, we clear out pudding corner and can move on. You know, Wilson is extolling the virtues of this greenhouse and all the things he can plant. And he says, I can grow anything I want. And Brad just sullenly goes, can you grow pudding? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brad Brad being horny for pudding is way funnier than Brad being horny for girls. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I tend to agree with that. Uh, yes. Last last season it was pizza cheese, this season it's pudding. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, Brad uh, Brad eating things in gross ways always uh, always a winner. <laughs> um Brad, uh, so Wilson's whole thing is that he has decided after going through all of his old uh, issues of gardening magazines, he knows what he wants to do, which is to build a greenhouse in his backyard. Um, <clears throat> now, I didn't 
I just assumed this is a 1990s TV show. Why would they ever take it there? But I wrote the note. Is that greenhouse up to code? (laughs) Well, you know, we get more, we get more into that than I would have expected them to get into. So maybe you were, yeah, you were, you were, uh, you were on the right track with that. I, well, I asked the question because I didn't think that they would answer it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, as soon as Tim says, oh, we can have tool time build you the greenhouse, that should answer you like, no, the greenhouse will not be up to code. It will probably collapse and kill Wilson. (laughs) Right, right. Well, when Tim uh, suggested that too, I was just like, so the greenhouse will be free because it's being built by Binford for your TV show. So he could spend his money on something else. Yeah, yeah. The the $10,000 ceases to be an issue in the episode after this scene it's just like yeah i i i don't know i don't know where the money goes i mean also jill mentions earlier that that wilson needs the money like he needs a new roof you know he needs a new furnace things like that so it it makes me kind of feel a a little bad about tim and brad being so upset about it like well your elderly widower neighbor who seemingly like has some money issues and lives in a house that needs some updating like well, A, you should just be happy for him that he's going to have money to fix up his house. B, why have you not done a Tool Time episode fixing Wilson's roof? That would be great. <laughs> right, yeah. You keep spending it on stupid things in your own home. Yeah. Uh, why not actually spend it on something for someone who needs it? Yeah, yeah. Your your quote-unquote best friend, as we learn at the end of this episode, which is like, well, we've we've tried that water with Al a couple times. Yeah, you know, but but honestly, Tim does show a lot more respect uh, to Wilson than he ever does to Al. So I'm more willing to buy that Wilson is his best friend than than Al is his best friend. Well, okay, here's a question though: Can you be best friends with a father figure? Ooh, well, Tim sure wants to be. I tell you that. I tell you that right now. I mean, that's he. He wants to believe. Yeah, I, 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 I'm out from the an outside perspective thinking Tim and Al are more the best friend archetype than Tim and Wilson are. It seems, seem, yeah, no, it seems more like it to, to me too. It, it's also kind of like, can you be best friends with your therapist? Uh, I mean, if, <laughs> right, it, right. It, if you are, something's very wrong in one or both of your lives. Um, <laughs> uh, anything else for that scene? Uh, on, only that when uh, Wilson says he's going to start growing plants, Tim immediately says to Brad, okay, you can't go over there anymore, which is like, nice, nice. Keep keep razzing him for smoking weed last season. Love it. <laughs> uh, we get a bunch of flowers rising up from the bottom of the screen and taking us to tool time, where Heidi introduces us by uh, a little watering can action. Um, and she introduces Tim and Al. Yes. Tim and Al come out in farmer gear, dressed as as farmers. Tim's got a Tim's got a a, a, a pitchfork, and uh, they come out and they've got a model of a greenhouse built there, and they're going to talk about how they're going to build this greenhouse in Wilson's backyard. Wilson is there as well, uh, in the greenhouse, uh, and then Wilson tells them live on air that it, rather than this style of kind of very utilitarian small greenhouse that Tim is planning to build, he wants this Victorian style greenhouse that he's got a drawing, you know, sketch of, uh, which Tim refuses to build. He says it's too big and it's too frou-frou. They wind up going to commercial where Tim uh, argues with Wilson more about it uh, until Wilson gets angry at him for criticizing his greenhouse idea and storms off set. I mean, I'm uh, now I, I... Don't want to uh, uh, pick your synopsis apart, but no, do, it, pick I do it. take. I have umbrage with a little detail there, which is 
Wilson has clearly shown the 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 blueprints of what he wants to Tim beforehand, and Tim decided, no, I don't want to do that, and built his own thing. Yes. He wasn't just showing him the blueprints out of nowhere on the show. Yeah, no, that that's that's fair. That is true. Uh, although it is still pretty sloppy that just the way that the show is run, just, uh, hey, yes. let's do this instead, <laughs> and hey, let's argue about it live on air. Um, this is a moment, this Tool Time segment starting out, that gives me even more love for Patricia Richardson as a director, because Heidi introduces them, she's got a watering can, you know, Tim the Toolman Taylor, and she swings it towards Tim and Alice, they walk out, and sprays water all over Tim, and there's this kind of <laughs> moment of Tim being you know, upset with her and her looking sheepish. And then Tim and Al continue to walk out. Al is wearing overalls. Tim has got the pitchfork. They then stop and stand dead still at center stage for a few minutes in the, uh, you know, replicating the pose from the famous American Gothic painting, which is, it's it's just sort of a subtle art history reference that they that they yeah. give about three seconds to breathe, and it's like thank you, <laughs> thank you, Patricia Richardson, for well, putting this in the it, show. It works on multiple levels too, because there's that, but it's also playing on like they have to sit and wait for Klaus's music to stop. Yes, so <laughs> like there's this kind of slight annoyance to both of them of like okay, and it's over. Okay, now we can get on with the show. Yes, the 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 uh, hee haw style tool time theme that plays when they come out, all all banjos <laughs> and uh, and things like that. Also, I'm not gonna lie, I got a little for richer or poorer PTSD. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah, but how much better would that movie have been if it was if it was Tim Allen and Richard Karn on the run? I mean, fair that point. Be, yeah, that would be that would be a, everything. Everything else. Completely the same, though. They are married, their sex life uh, gets a boost, and then at the end, uh, Al is pregnant. All of that stays the same. Um, okay. I, I, uh, I'm going to bring in a few jokes. Um, <laughs> okay, because what I just did was completely serious, so we need some jokes. No, jokes from the show oh, that yeah. aren't really funny. Um, but I, I maybe they're not even worth bringing up. Tim mentions they're doing greenhouses today and al goes oh great you know i can't wait for this episode because one of my favorite hobbies is horticulture and tim is like you know that's only legal in vegas yeah which was like barely a joke Uh, yeah it was supposed to be what horticulture yeah basically he said something that sounds like whore i guess also uh, factually incorrect. It's not legal in Vegas. It's legal in ten counties only, and Vegas is not one of them. So um, two <laughs> well, strikes against. Go. Yeah, yeah. Two hey, strikes against it. I, I have I have loads of very specific knowledge about Nevada's legal brothels. Don't ask me why. Um, also, though, <laughs> then, yeah. No, when, when Tim says it though, I th- you know that's only legal in Nevada, baby. It it's just the it's, closest we're going to get to Austin Powers. Yeah, I, thank thank you, Austin Powers. I edging. guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's as close as we'll ever get to Austin Powers. It's two years old at this point. I know. I mean, hell, the spy who Shagney is about to come out. Oh, man, I mean, look, maybe we'll get maybe we'll get something for a tie-in for that. You know, Powers <laughs> fever sleep in the nation. I uh, know. What other jokes have you got? Uh, well, okay, so it's a a pair of jokes. So it's that one, and then at the end of the episode, uh, Al makes a joke once Wilson has stormed off, saying, you know, uh. I think Tim asks, like, okay, what what's one of your favorite 
struggling to figure out how to fill the time. He goes, yeah. Al, what's what's one of your favorite things uh, when you're gardening? And Al goes, well, I love getting down and dirty with my hoe. <sighs> and I, I just like it. Maybe it's I'm so far separated from the 90s that like even the reference to that, like gangsta culture sort of. Yeah. Talk was, was like, I don't know. It, it just, it felt such a, I couldn't even like wrap my head around the hoe joke. Yeah, like, there's nothing in this scene that is referencing that sort of culture at all. Yet they're making what I presume is a, you know, hoe joke. I mean, it is a hoe joke. Yeah, but... you yeah you presume correctly. Like there's no there's no other way to read this. Yeah, yeah. It just felt weird and out of place. It 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 does, and it's. It's weird because this is a very joke-dense episode, and the writing is really good throughout. Yeah. And also, it, it comes on the heels of something that I think is is genuinely hilarious, where Wilson has stormed off because he and Tim are fighting. And, you know, Tim is saying, you can't leave in the middle of the show. And then they get the, you know, it's Tim, Al, Heidi, all with their backs to the camera watching Wilson you know, storm away, and then we get the cue that they're back from commercial, and all three of them whip around, both looking like deers in the headlights, and then putting on a smile and going like, uh, well, our guest had to leave, so, uh, and Tim, like, kind of looks at Heidi and gestures towards her and tries to think of something to say, and that, like, watching him twisting in the wind is so funny, and watching him try to find something, we didn't need to go out on Al kind of shoehorning in a joke that is sort of about like gangsta talk like there's i don't know it 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 cheapens an otherwise really funny bit of them having to improvise something yeah i i I mean and the the quality of the joke whatever i i it just struck me more as like a relic of time that i i had forgotten existed you know that there there was that talk or that culture had perviated, you know, the white suburbs so much that even, you know, the parents were making those jokes separate from the kids. I don't know. I it's just it's weird. I just there's a bunch of I feel like I had a sneeze attack off of the dust that came off it that I just wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes uh, you know, sometimes the things we find in the time capsule are fun and nostalgic and other times the things we find uh were maybe better left in that time capsule. Um What do you find in the Truman capsule? Uh, wow um i i i i i don't know man i almost i almost don't want to try and come up with an answer because you you cracking up at your own joke is such a such an owl moment i feel like i should just i know i should just do the tim thing uh well what what we find is your paycheck which i'm gonna put in there because i'm gonna fire you um I so oh boy. What what I also like is, uh, you know, they are they are talking about this greenhouse that Wilson wants to build that he has the <clears throat> the sketch of, and uh, Tim is you know, Tim is opposed to the idea right away. It's too big. It's going to take up the whole backyard. It's not good. Even though Al and Heidi both really like it a lot, and Al says, "Oh, it'd be great." And you could also you know, you could also put up some some decorative ivy around it because my mom's always been partial to vines. And Tim responds, "That's because she swings from them." And this is another case. We I think we called this out recently where Tim is doing something that is written as, as an insult to. Al's mom or is trying to be but this also doesn't seem like a fat joke this seems like 
again, like you're making your his mom out to be like some kind of mythological figure. Like, yes. she, you know, it's like how she uses a ski as a toothpick. She swings from vines. This sounds awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's just if if you're trying to make the the case that she is she is you know massive and slovenly and gross her swinging around from vine to vine doesn't line up with that like i don't know i yeah i, I know yeah i want to watch the like saturday morning cartoon starring Elle's mom and she has like little buddy friends that you know go on adventures with her <laughs> yeah it's 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 kind of got the the same aesthetic as like he-man and the defenders of the universe yeah like, she's out there you know fighting fighting uh 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 i don't know the the demons or whatever at Cras- castle grayskull <laughs> I have more power. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, oh, and also, also, what's great here is that that you know when they Tim and Tim and Wilson start arguing about the design of the uh, the the greenhouse, and Tim is saying that he can't build something so massive in his backyard without considering his neighbors who are going to have to look at it. And Wilson responds, "Well, you never consult me each Christmas when you build an entire amusement park on your roof." <laughs> Which I, I had to thank pause, you. I had to pause the episode and be like, "Damn, cutting Wilson, very good point, excellent." Um, now, okay, because there, there, this is, I want to earmark that because it goes into the next beginning of the next scene, which I just want to point out: Patricia Richardson is directing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I. I Consider that earmarked. I'm going to bring it up in a, about two more minutes. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, also, another moment that that really let me know this episode was a real one is when they've gone to commercial and Tim is telling Wilson, "Look, you can't, you can't build this. It's a zoning issue. The you know it, it'll it would never be allowed something this big." And then the the PA and and it's Milton is his name. Yeah, Milt. I don't go in for that sort of thing. Yes, we've we've you know that's his catchphrase. Who routinely will will tell tell Tim doesn't I don't say go it for here. But. Yes, he doesn't. He comes in instead and just points out apropos of nothing. Well, actually, apropos of something. Apropos of the conversation they're having. <laughs> oh, you legally you can he pose so hard. Yeah. <laughs> yes, po drunk love. Uh. It, legally, you can build it so long as you leave a five-foot easement, and they all look at him, and he goes, I work part-time for the Zoning Commission. Um, and as someone who spends a lot of time thinking about zoning and attending community meetings about zoning, I just want to say to Milton, I do go in for that sort of thing, and I appreciate it. <laughs> you do zone in for that sort of thing. <sighs> Punch drunk zone, I guess. Um that's and you fit every single word in that title. I think we're gonna retire it. I, I I mean, listen. I think I think Punch Drunk Zone is the movie where Adam Sandler is buying lots and lots of calzones to try and get the frequent flyer miles. Um, <laughs> there's a real there's a runner in this episode that's gonna be really great for people who have seen that movie and will suck for everyone else. You know, it's not the one where he falls in love with a calzone. <laughs> yeah, but he the... buys a bunch of pudding to, to get frequent flyer miles to go to Hawaii with a calzone. <laughs> no, I, I think that's I think that's licorice calzone actually, where he falls in love with a calzone. The thing is that uh, the, the calzone is a lot older than he is, and you shouldn't be messing with a calzone that's very old. Um, oh God! Yeah, so uh, it's a food safety thing. It's not an ageism thing. Can we go to the next scene? We can go to the next scene. We get uh we get an appearance of Audrey too hopping out of the the greenhouse unexpected um, and <laughs> opening opening its mouth and swallowing the the camera. Yes. Uh 
so back home, uh, Mark is uh, Mark is in high spirits because now uh, his rival for Jenny Two's affections has uh, gotten contacts and a better haircut. So now he's too good looking to be in contention. Uh, and meanwhile, he went from a ten to a five to a seven. Yeah, I know, which is a real roller coaster. I mean, this kid, like, where's the episode about this kid's week? Like, he got glasses and started a ham radio club but then he immediately gets contacts and a new haircut like when do you have time to go to school or you know talk about ham radios um so tim is uh, complaining to jill that wilson has now gone construction crazy and uh tim is you know tossing out worries about what's going to happen if wilson builds this big greenhouse it's going to attract riffraff to the neighborhood and uh and Jill is saying, well, it's his property. He can do whatever he wants, but he, whatever he wants. But uh, Tim resolves to, uh, you know, apply uh, all of his uh, tricks of the trade to stopping this greenhouse from getting built. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I zoned out while you are talking. I'm not going to lie. Because were, you, were you punch drunk and you zoned? I, <laughs> I have the scene playing in the background because I, there was one thing I noticed when I first watched it, but now that I'm watching it, uh, in real time, um, there's even more to this than uh than I originally noticed. Uh oh, more so than meets the eye. Rem- I earmarked the the fact that um from the last scene about uh Wilson bringing up the the you know we constantly on the show talk about no one really holds him to task for all of his foibles, right? Yeah, and. Now it's like, oh, good. Tim is, you know, getting some petards hoisted on him. Yes. And so it it doesn't shock me that it's Patricia Richardson um, being the one directing this episode because there's that, which is like, I don't know, bringing that all together in a nice way. Mm-hmm. The the scene, I don't know if you noticed the way the scene starts. Uh, She's in the kitchen. Mm. As she usually is, yes. preparing dinner, yes. as she usually is, yes. Mark comes in to talk mm. to her, mm-hmm. and without it, it's just the business of the scene, it, there's no conversation about it, he just takes the knife from her and starts cutting the cucumbers for her, Yeah, and as he's delivering the lines, and puts the cucumbers into the salad, and then when Tim comes home... Uh, he's complaining about Wilson. She's uh, getting all of the dishes out to set the table, and she's handing them to Tim to go set the table. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I noticed. I noticed Mark coming in and taking over for her with the cooking, and I thought that's nice. What a nice boy. I didn't. Re- I didn't realize that she was handing the stuff to Tim. That's good business. It's good business, but it's also, like, I, I can't attribute, obviously, I don't know Patricia Richardson and, and what her intentions were, but, Yet. like, we have called that out so many times on this show to have it be the one episode she's directing so that she has control over the actor's business in a scene, and she directs Mark to, I, I don't want to be cutting carrots and cucumbers at the station anymore, somebody else do it, and, uh, she she's the one that constructs that. I find that kind of interesting. Yeah. No, I I I uh I did like it. And there's I feel like in another season if that were to happen there would be a joke in there. There would either yeah. A just be something pointing to it or B something about like, "Oh, you're such a shitty cook, you can't even make a salad right." But uh not this you're time. Right, right. No. No. It, there there's no commentary on it at all, which is interesting because that's the whole thing that I've been griping about for 8 seasons, which is like 
when it's not point, you, it's never pointed out really that whenever she's doing it, except to make a bad cooking joke, right? Yeah. You just kind of always see her doing the chores, and it reinforces this, you know, idea, this archetype, this this you know, nuclear family, women have their place in the home sort of idea, uh, without commenting on it because it's just always the white noise of the scene. Yeah. And I love that she is, you know commenting on that by having the other people do it yeah yeah no it's it it seems like after all these years they finally heard us or we sent our podcast back in time as as we you know will will be the future (laughs) um i i also i also like here that that tim tim is lamenting to jill that wilson has gone construction crazy and is going to build this monstrosity in the backyard and jill just kind of nods and goes interesting so you can notice the symptoms in others but not yourself Uh, (laughs) great line this is you know i feel like we've pointed out there's been an episode like this before that we really liked and i don't remember which one but it's kind of an episode where a lot of chaos is going around and swirling and jill is kind of just at the house like working on her her thesis or like cooking or something and people will all just come in and talk to Jill about what's going on and Jill will just be making wry commentary about it and then people will go back like she's just sort of the center of everything and everyone's coming to her Mm -hmm. and chatting and she's just doing commentary which I I enjoy I kind of enjoy it you know it's fun she's had a stressful past couple episodes she deserves a break I 100% agree Uh, and the odd that the hysterectomy isn't mentioned at all which is you know, neither here nor there, but just considering the show and their continuity, like what they did with Brad's knee over the course of five episodes, I'm just surprised it wasn't commented upon. True, true, but but again, uh, also consider the the uh, amazing vanishing uh, Marty and his daughters. So <laughs> fair point. Yeah. yeah, this episode really could have been slated anywhere in the season. I feel like. Yeah. In yeah. fact, it might have been better served. Uh, despite a little Home Alone episode. Mm, true, true. Well, there we go. We're both bringing it up. Um, also, this scene ends. This scene is just a real fiesta of Tim getting hoisted because at the end, when Jill has said that Wilson can do whatever he wants with this property, Tim says, yeah, well, when I jumpstart this brain, I can do anything. And Jill goes, well, in a hundred years, Wilson is going to have some real trouble on his hands. <laughs> and uh, that cues some... Uh, uh, what do you call those jumper cables to come in and um, <laughs> connect to Jill and Tim's head and sparks fly off, sending us to the next scene, which is the uh, uh, is that do they do we start in the backyard? No, yeah. we we st- we start in the living room where Mark is studying with Jenny too. Uh, no, we we do start in the backyard. Tim, we just get a, a quick shot of Tim picking up a gigantic lantern oh, and walking right. off frame. As right. we see Mark and Jenny in the background, and we go to the inside. So, yes. just kind of an interesting little bit of direction there I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, actually, yes, it is. Uh, th- that reminds me of another piece of direction later in the episode that I will probably forget to call out. So, I hope that I don't. Um, but Mark is inside studying about World War II with his lady, and he is going out of his way to stress what a five he is. And then uh, she's getting kind of warm, and she suggests they go sit outside on the swing. The swing, which seems to be the go-to makeout spot for all of the kids. Uh, the, 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 the swing made out of their old childhood swing set. It's like, if you want to go make out with your honey or smoke some weed, that's where you're going to go for it. I'm too hung up on this, I guess. Have you ever been on a swing? I mean, like, uh, like a one one of those, like a, not, never like uh, a bench swing, yeah. a bench swing. 
I mean, I have, but never with like a, a lady who wanted to kiss me. Like I've never been able to sync up the the times when I'm around a pretty lady who I want to kiss, who also wants to kiss me, and the times that I'm on a bench swing. I okay, all right. There, there's something there's something to it. I'm not the, gonna lie. Kind of kind of motion of the ocean. You're, you got the back yeah. and forth. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, you're, you're working together to make it go a certain mm. speed. There's oh, something kind of suggestive about that. Oh, you know? boy. Yeah. Okay. There's there's something there. All right. All right. Uh, your grunt work with Dr. Laura. This is, uh, I, I'm going <laughs> to, okay, you know, I'm going to try and install a bench swing on the uh, about six inch wide catwalk outside my apartment. Um, so they are, uh, they're out there and they're getting pretty close to kissing. They're like literally just about to kiss and it's going to be so awesome because Jenny is very beautiful. But then a bright blinding light shines on them and this immediately makes Jenny lose all interest in Mark and she runs out of the episode. And uh, it's, you know, Tim has set up this uh, blinding floodlight to shine into Wilson's yard and Wilson yells at him that this is going to mess up his plants and he accuses Tim of being petty and Tim says, well, that's that's on you. I can do whatever I want on my property. And they uh, get angry at each other and threaten to get different variances from the local zoning so they can do different things to rat fuck one another's backyards. <laughs> I, yeah, I, they... I, I think this is like the perfectly calibrated amount of feuding. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you, I could see another episode where this would be, you know, the whole episode of them feuding, um, or you know that it would have just been like one or two lines where they feud, or like the leave it to the tool time scene, like they they feud there, and then this is the scene where they're making up. I like that they kind of go back and forth a little bit. Yeah, I- it, they they leave just enough room to escalate for comedy yes yeah and there i could see another episode where it's one of those ones where like half of the episode is just a montage of kind of weak jokes of them going back and forth at each other and yeah the way this pans out is a lot better i i I prefer it yes what do you think willow is doing right now (sighs) um you know I don't, I, I, wow, I'm sorry, I'd forgotten she existed entirely. I think she and Marty are hanging out, you know what, that's what oh, I okay. think, yeah. Okay. I, they're just chilling in the void? Yeah, they're just, they're just chilling in the void. Hey, I mean, honestly, maybe, maybe she and uh, Marty are going out. Kind of creepy, because there's a big age difference there, but they're both single, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know. I feel like... Man, they real. I, I know that I had a lot of mixed feelings about Willow, but now that I think about it, it is kind of weird that she just vanished and we're pretending she never existed. <laughs> it happens on sitcoms, man. Yeah, well, and then, I've, of course, but then that, you know, it, it's also weird that uh, Tim and Jill have a third son who um, they care about a lot, who just lives in Costa Rica now and never is mentioned. Wait, what? Yeah, Who? yeah, I know. I think I think his name was... Oh man, I was never great at remembering his name. It, I think it was Brandy or or Brandy, Brandy or something. Yeah, Brandy. Yeah. Um. So uh, okay. So other other an, another thing that I liked here when Tim and Wilson are talking, you know, Wilson's on his side of the fence yelling at Tim, and Tim is on his side, kind of looking up at the lights. So he kind of has his side turned to Wilson. The camera. We, we get something that I'd never seen on the show before. The camera rack focuses. It is first focused on Wilson 
yelling at Tim about, well, these lights are going to shine into my yard and they're going to mess up the photosynthesis of my plants. And then the camera rack focuses to Tim kind of looking up at his light and smiling with smug satisfaction. And he goes, oh, is that so? Yeah. And <laughs> now knowing that Patricia Richardson directed this episode, great. That's some classy directing, lady. I like that a lot. Very well done. Oh, it would have been classy directing regardless. But we, we've we seen... Yes. Uh, we we've seen a rack focus once or twice before, but they've all been um, like uh, digital effects. Mm-hmm. So it, it is interesting to I don't know. Just it, it feels like I I don't I'm curious. Let me look this up. I wonder if this is the first thing she's directed because um, it feels like oh I've got an opportunity here to really sink my teeth into some things. Let me. See. This is the only thing she's directed. Wow. That's a shame. Yeah, that is, because she did a really good job of it. I feel like this is a great, uh, this is kind of a a great, you know, example of her work and what she can do. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, that's, I I wonder what happened. Hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe she did it and just wasn't for her, but she's good at it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, also, just jumping all over, but Mark and, Mark and Jenny, too, sitting on the, on the bench uh, in the moments before they kiss, uh, she's talking about, oh man, I'm, I'm so cold out here. And, and he says, oh, do you want to go inside? And she says, no, that's fine. I, I wonder how they kept warm during World War II. And, and he's, he's leaning closer to her and goes, well, their uniforms were actually made of heavy duty wool, which is, I loved it. Now that is exactly the kind of shit that I have done well, uh, either in the process of being about to kiss a girl or ruining my chances of kissing a girl. Likewise. Oh man. I I once was talking about interest <laughs> rates. Wait, interest for for I can't even really logically explain it, but I it was just I was talking about interest rates while oh. a girl was making moves on me. Nice. <laughs> Nice. Really, uh, really good. Really good. Who was, who, yeah. was, who was in charge of the Federal Reserve at the time? I mean, was it, uh, you know, was, it, was, he, was he wingmanning you with some, uh, with some pretty low rates? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, anyway, I felt that moment from Mark so much, and it, it got a real loud laugh out of me. It, it, and it really, it really hurt me when the light came on and she immediately yes. ran away. Because it's like, damn it, can Mark get a win? Can he please get a win? Can he please kiss this girl who clearly likes him? I I, I was really hoping that the stinger of the episode or something, like at, at the very end of the episode when Tim and Wilson, spoiler alert, have made up and he says, oh, let's take these lights and reflectors. I've got an idea. And they use it for mm-hmm. a prank on Al. I was really hoping that they were going to use them in some way to help Mark get together with this girl. And it's, <laughs> it's a shame. It's really a shame. Yeah. No, it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, Okay, so they've got their feud. They're doing, I'm going to build my fence higher. I'm going to build my lights brighter. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, we're, we get a light transitioning us back to um, Tim and Jill in the living room. Uh, Tim is amping up his game with a, almost like a, a stadium light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what... Just a, a Binford, like, nine bulb thing he's gonna put out there yeah yeah it's very it's very funny jill walks in it says is anybody home and then just blinded by light and she goes stumbling away as though the light has physically pushed her um she was wrapped up like a deuce yeah (laughs) um 
Jill talks to Tim about this, is asking, when is this going to stop? And Tim is really defiant about it. And Jill looks out back where where now the fence is taller. Wilson has made the fence taller and has coated it in aluminum so it will reflect all the light back. And she <laughs> realizes, oh, you know, the the place that the greenhouse is going to go is exactly the spot where you go to stand and talk to Wilson. And so she kind of like starts asking Tim about like, what what is this really about? Why are you really doing this? And gets Tim to admit that the, the real reason he's upset about the greenhouse is because it will make it hard for him to go talk to Wilson in the backyard. And yeah. the, the way that this is accomplished and the way that this scene plays out, I think is just beautiful. And I think that it's, Again, why I love this episode so much is that it is both absurd and hilarious, and then, but what's the heart is something very real and something um, very affecting, which I like. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, They don't get too sentimental with it, but it does feel like a real problem, and honestly, like a season eight problem. Like it, it, yeah, they don't go into the stakes very much, but it is like you feel the idea that oh. Tim is afraid of this fence going away. This fence is going to go away for us soon. Yeah. Generally speaking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're all, we're all going to kind of, you know, our, our friendship with all these characters is going to go away and we have to get around, you know, get our heads around that. She's, you know, she's, she's talking to Tim about it. And, you know, what's this really about? And he says, well, it's a Victorian monstrosity. And she goes, Tim. And he goes, it's too big. And she says, honey. And he says, it fills up the whole yard. And, I won't be able to go talk to Wilson. And Jill goes, exactly. And we just get this shot of Tim walking up to the window and looking out at the fence. And and in this just kind of small voice, just acknowledging this to himself, he goes, I really like to be able to go out to the fence and talk to my friend Wilson. And it's 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 so powerful. And God damn it, Tim Allen, you really sell this stuff. And it's like <laughs> the these these moments of men struggling to deal with feelings and how they relate to other men it's like the the thing the show is about really works when they're not distracting from it with you know putting a jet engine on a lawnmower or making the men's <laughs> bathroom but when it's like right. you know when it's just you know tim doing doing all of this confrontational stuff and all this petty bullshit to try and get around the fact that he he just is scared about his relationship with a man he respects changing is beautiful it's just and it's and it's always a surprise when i see it executed so well yeah it's a shame that it's not executed well enough often enough but yeah and uh i i completely agree with you and then right after he delivers that line, the the floodlights outside come on, and then it immediately reflects off of the fence and blinds Tim, and he steps back from the window squinting and goes, you know, he's really good with aluminum. You've got to give him that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love Petty Wilson. It's so good. Um, which sounds like a 1970s rocker. I mean, I, I, I love him, too. It's a, it's a hard day living in Royal Oak. <laughs> Um, Wilson Petty. Um, <laughs> this is okay. So we immediately go to the backyard where Wilson's wearing sunglasses, holding up a, an aluminum um, protest sign. It seems like if I was on like Live Journal or something, if that was still a website, I would <laughs> I would use that as my avatar, like Wilson in in Ray Bans <laughs> with a gigantic uh, tinfoil reflector. I love it. Um, and so uh, Tim and Wilson have their their heart to heart. They're seeing about what is really going on. And uh, Tim admits that, you know, I'm 
gonna you know i, I don't want you to have the the greenhouse because i like standing here talking to you yeah and wilson says you know what i like coming out here and sporadically talking to you too yeah yeah and they come to this agreement that that wilson like wilson volunteers to just build the greenhouse around the side yard and just make it a little smaller so that that way they can have this same space i what what this is i think my favorite moment in the episode and i have a lot of favorites but you know tim has come out there wilson still has his hackles up and he says i'm taking down the lights and wilson's like what are you doing an airborne assault and tim says no no no, i'm not doing that anymore and he goes you're tunneling in aren't you and tim says look all all of this stuff isn't about the greenhouse and wilson goes well then what's it about tim and tim stands there by the fence and just like just struggles for like 15 seconds he's going it's so it would just it would cave all the way to and i i wouldn't be able to it's just it's really it, it's hard because i come out and i like coming to the fence <laughs> like the, the the moments and there's I, I tim allen does this very well when he is like flailing desperately trying to find the thing to say and interrupting himself 12 times it's just it just yeah. cracks me up and again it gets to the heart of like how hard he finds it to talk to other guys and um right. yeah it, it's he says, I says, I like coming out to the fence and Wilson nods and goes to articulate the deep feelings. You find it difficult to communicate to other men. And Tim just goes, nah. and uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. So episodes like this, I'm like, I'm going to miss this show. I really am. Most of the time, I don't yeah. feel that way. Episodes like this, I do. Yeah, and it's this. This is definitely. I don't want to forget our idea to put together a, a best of playlist. Oh, of definitely. The, the entire show. This definitely goes on that. I, I've been I've been thinking about that a lot, especially as I've been reviewing uh, episode descriptions for some previous episodes and realizing how many bangers there were in season six. But yeah, this yeah. would go on that list for sure. Uh, we also get them talking once they make up, kiss and make up. They. Uh, Talk about, hey, I got some idea. You mentioned this already. Hey, I got an idea what we could do with these lights. And we get a second mention in two episodes of mooning. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's actually in the stinger. But either way, like they, uh, yeah, it's, uh, do, do you want to go moon Borland? Wait, hang on. Now, did, did they mention mooning in the last episode or did we bring it up <laughs> i don't remember and i think we can play <laughs> oh I, no know, I, oh dog as soon as i said it i'm like oh, i don't no. know if that's right the, the the fence the fence between our reality and the show has come <laughs> down and we're just in in each other's backyards this is this is no good um but <laughs> we okay. need to construct the greenhouse immediately yes yes um he, he but they're 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 talking but when the, when they're talking in the backyard though like they talk about how oh if the greenhouse goes up tim would have to like walk around to the front door of wilson's house and knock on the door to talk to him or they'd have to talk on the phone or they could email and tim says do you want to do that and wilson goes nah and that's that's how they come around to to the fact that they're just going to move the greenhouse but yeah what i also like about this discussion is that wilson is explaining to tim why he reacted the way he did and said that you know when my when my wife Catherine was still alive, we always dreamed of having a greenhouse where we could grow the plants that we saw all over the world. And she drew the sketch of the Victorian greenhouse that I Aww, wanted to build. And yeah. Tim goes, the one that I called stupid. And, and Tim feels horrible and apologizes. Damn, you know, like that, that, yeah. that's, that's beautiful. That's, that's beautiful. Like that, the, the whole construction of this, like I didn't expect that there was going to be a tie to Wilson's uh, deceased wife. And it's, I, yeah, it, it, 
just so deftly handled in this and the fact that Tim realizing that he's transgressed and done something wrong and like, yeah, sometimes we hurt the people we care about and how do we move forward yeah. through it? And they, and they do this and it's, um, and, and also then when they agree to build the greenhouse in the side yard, Tim volunteers to help and Wilson says, I'd like that. And yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. It's so good. It is great. It is great. It's Back really great. to mooning. So they talk about, <laughs> Back to moon disaster. This this answers a question that this we asked assers. last week. Yeah, which I, I posed. You know, mooning doesn't seem like something you do between friends. <laughs> We've never mooned each other. That's for damn sure. I've never mooned anyone ever in my life, and I've never had a friend moon me. Mm-hmm. But I, it begs the well. Maybe it doesn't answer the question. Maybe it begs a deeper question, which is how do they feel about L and what does that that gesture mean? Yeah. I mean Or is it just like a prank? I mean the thing is, like, Tim isn't going to be mooning Wilson. So (laughs) the fact that he's doing it to L, the person he is constantly trying to put himself above. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the main reason he, I mean, he probably isn't mooning Wilson because the fence would kind of get in the way of that, but. Well, he's got an upstairs. Yeah, okay, that's true, that's true. No, he does have the roof, he, he's he's always up there. Yeah, it is, it is odd, because they they use the lights, you know, the leftover lights, they they go and they, they pull a prank on Al, where we see Al sleeping in his house, and then super bright lights come shining through his window, and he, you know, jumps up and is scared. Take that. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, that that it comes around to just they have this this mutual affection for, like like after that after that like the the stinger of the episode is Tim coming out to the backyard to talk with Wilson, but now they have nothing to say. Wilson doesn't have any anecdotes about what they've gone through, and then as Tim is walking away, he says, "Later on, do you want to go Moon Borland with me?" and and Wilson goes, "I'm there," and it's it's just like. Like, the, yeah, the, the, absent any context for it, if I were Al and I see just Tim and Wilson mooning me, like, where is it going to happen? Is it going to happen at tool time? Is it going to be outside his house? Is it going to be like... Be, yeah, probably like he comes down for a cup of coffee in the morning and Tim and Wilson are just doing it in his front window. <laughs> it's almost like, somehow it makes me think of like in, in Goodfellas when Joe Pesci walks in that room thinking a good thing is going to happen and he gets shot instead. <laughs> it's like Al, Al right. walks in the room and it's just two asses in the window. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, anyway, all right. I, we'll, we'll plug up that question. We're, no, yeah, yeah. That, We'll, we'll just, it's a, okay. Um, yeah, just don't even try. Don't get, don't, don't be too cheeky about it. Okay. <laughs> the <laughs> uh, representation of living in separate residences, uh, despite your, your partnership with somebody, uh, I give it oh. props for that. Yeah, yeah, that is sweet. I don't think they intended, <laughs> intended to represent that, but uh, Al is sleeping alone. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Unless you think something happened between him and... Um, Trudy, give Trudy. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think anything happened between him and Trudy. I mean, maybe they're just you know they might just be taking things slow. I mean, that's you know that's okay. a possibility, right? I mean, yeah. Either way, yeah. yeah. Maintain separate residences. Good, you know, good for you, Al. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, like that, like that. Positive stuff. Um, yeah, and you know that's uh that's that's kind of it. I feel like that's it. Do you, you heard about this? <laughs> we get we get some outtakes where uh. People are flubbing some lines and yep. point of vista. Ding! Touchstone. Yep. A feather dropping oh. into some water. Truman, 
Are you ready to go into... It's back. It's back, everybody. It's back. Little mouth sounds, little farty you know mouth what? music. It's the last ten episodes. We have to we have to we have to call back to our greatest hits a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd call it. One of our greatest hits. Whenever whenever our fans stop me on the street to talk about grunt work, they're always like, Hey, why'd you stop the little impromptu mouth sound theme songs for the many different segments on your show? I loved them ever so much. Yes. Oh, this is a percussive one and also are you doing a theme for a different segment within character no. actor corner does each character actor get their own their own bit maybe we'll find out we're wait, in wait. character actor corner now are, are, are the guys from stomp one of the character actors is that why you uh, why you did that <laughs> no but we got the blue man group um well we had Penn okay. and teller already it makes sense Whew. here we go let's start with jenny two um <laughs> okay let's she is played by Andriana Wiener. Winger. Uh, she has 48 credits. She played Obnoxious Girl in Adam's Family Values. Uh-oh. Probably got pranked by Wednesday. <laughs> Looks like, man, for the last decade or two, she has been part of ADR, uh, loop groups, Ooh. voice acting. Okay. Uh yeah, lots of lots of that actually. Uh, so she's listed as miscellaneous there, going into her acting credits. <laughs> that's she has thirteen uh, uh, acting credits. That's miscellaneous, actually. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to attribute anything. I don't know for sure. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek: Next Generation. Uh, she was in. Uh, did voices for Final Fantasy X. Oh. She was in Red Dragon. She was a voice performer in Rob Zombie's Halloween. She was a voice actor in Jennifer's Body. She was a voice actor in Finding Dory. Mm. Was she on ER? I'm going to say no, she was not. In 2003, she was on an episode of Boston Public, but not ER. Okay, all right. Very surprising. Very surprising. You had me thinking something different would happen there. (laughs) Uh, She also... Worked in ADR for Annabelle. Mm, okay, no idea what that and is, but here we are. That's the Scary Conjuring uh, spinoff. Oh, she's done a lot of horror, a- actually. As as opposed to all the non-scary Conjuring spinoffs, all the romantic comedy spinoffs about the folks from The Conjuring. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go next. I, I, uh, I don't know where they've gone so far. <laughs> she, she did the... The remake of The Eye with Jessica Alba. She mm. did uh, My Bloody Valentine. Mm. Oh, she did a movie I worked on. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Michael Douglas is Beyond a Reasonable Doubt. Interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. All right. Maybe you, huh. you know, maybe your voice is met in the ether of uh, the sound mix. She has 48 voice credits to her 13 acting credits, and some of her acting credits are voice credits. So, wow. Uh, wow. Andriana. Wiener, thank you for playing. Next, we yeah. have Girl. Mm. Now, is this the one with girl? the is this the one with the dragon tattoo? Uh this is this is the girl who threw the octopus. Oh, octopus. Girl. Which is right, which okay. is the actually that is the fourth book in the dragon tattoo uh trilogy. <laughs> the girl who threw the octopus. Yeah, the girl who threw the octopus. The worst one of the of the batch, really. <laughs> um okay, Kate Levering played Girl. Uh, hmm. 26 acting credits. I'm curious what this is. One of her, you know, when you go to your IMDb page, you see four 
stills, production stills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them, just as a preview, one of them is of John Ratzenberger. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, in a show or a movie called Drop Dead Diva. Mm-hmm. An okay. interesting fact about what? divas is they tend to occasionally drop dead. <laughs> I mean, I guess statistically that must be true. I mean, yeah, uh, at least enough for them to make a movie. In their life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whether you know whether or not you're a diva, eventually death comes for us all. That's what that's what I want to leave you with as we get to the end of this episode. <laughs> Home Improvement was her first ever credit. Uh, she was in the short-lived TV show Witchblade. Interesting. Ooh, I remember that. Uh, medium with Patricia Arquette. Mm. She was on an episode of NCIS Los Angeles and White Collar. Hmm. Um, was she on ER? I'm going to say no. Doesn't sound like an ER-type filmography. Well, she was on Law & Order Special Victims Unit and Uh-oh. CSI Miami. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I didn't tell you about those, did I? No, you didn't. I probably should have asked more questions, but to be honest, I don't care that much. Um, (laughs) She was not on an episode of ER. Two for two. Way to go. Yeah, love that. Love that. Very good. Uh, Lastly, we have Josh uh, Josh Wolf. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, we have... have, Well, okay, we'll get to... Okay, we have two more, but this is... Okay. Josh Wolf (laughs) plays the usher who I think they mean as the the mm-hmm. person dishing out the food. Yeah. Um he has 3 credits. Mm. One of them being home improvement. Mm. Is another one ER. No. <laughs> You're right. Oh my god. Uh he, he was not on an episode of ER. He was on the production staff of 27 episodes of uh, Sex in the City. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Was he also <laughs> handing out nachos there? He was a production assistant on a Mariah Carey music video and a Mary J. Blige music Ooh, video. Wow. All right. What a varied career. Yeah. Interesting. Lastly, we have David Courtney. David okay. Courtney. He is the credited as Joe Lewis Arena announcer. Mm. Okay. He has four credits, uh, all of them as announcers. Wow, okay, that's that's a pretty interesting way to be typecast. Now, I, well, I'm going to go into the reason why, but do you want to guess as to whether any of those were on ER? Uh, let me see. Uh, introducing the dreamy doctor at this hospital in Chicago, George <laughs> Clooney. Uh, no, he was not on ER. He was not on ER. Uh, he was Anaheim Stadium PA announcer in Angels in the Outfield, mm. Tiger Stadium announcer in 61, and Staples Center announcer in The Tooth Fairy. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, David Courtney was an actual sports announcer um, for the Angels and other Southern California teams. Great. Uh, looks like he passed away in 2000 and eh? sometime. Okay. Uh, okay, sometime. This is not dated. <laughs> uh, but he... okay. Okay, I'm just going to read the last last paragraph of his uh, little bio here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it literally says invalid date, which is why I didn't have a... a <laughs> um, okay, Courtney became PR director for the Houston Arrows at the World Hockey Association became, uh, in 1978, shortly began a radio and TV broadcasting career, then started doing PA announcing for the Houston Rockets, Astros, and Gamblers. 
that spawned a career that Courtney that saw Courtney announce sporting events for over 30 teams or organizations, also announcing for the Lakers, mm. Dodgers, Raiders, as well as UC, uh, USC football, UCLA basketball, and Pac-12 men's basketball tournament. Um, he was most recently employed on KABC and KLAA in Los Angeles, as well as KOLA in the Inland Empire. Nice, nice, good. You got to get them all covered. So uh, that's back in your area. He, yeah. If you went to sporting events out there, you might have come across him. You know what, Landon? I can safely say I've never come across him. <laughs> no. No, not a, I mean I'm I'm pretty sure if it's if it's a person you would encounter at sporting events, I'm not encountering that person for 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 good and for ill. It's just not a thing that's happening. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up character actor corner for this week, Truman. I think that leaves us with one lingering question. Oh, there's yes. two. There's two. There's two lingering questions, but okay. here's the first one. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. You know what? I realize I'm going a little too long on it. Yeah, you're getting. It's, you're, it's you, gotta be more abrupt. You get up high and you're spending a lot of time up there. You need to just yeah. kind of get up there. I, I and, think I'm and get spending out. too much time at the start of it. Mm. I think I'm digging around in the dirt too much. I mean, with with, with your uh, uh, with your hoe, so to speak. God damn it! I'm sorry. Why, sorry. why did you have to bring this episode there? You know what? Should have said trowel. Should have said trowel. Trowel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right, here's what I'm going to give you one more, and okay. then we'll we'll go into the count, which yeah. is, uh? That's better. A little light, but that's better. <laughs> it's it's shorter. Yeah. Um, okay. I think there is uh, one grunt in this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Your final answer? Yes. That is my final answer. Because I think at the fence, because he says it to Jill, I know, for one at one point. He gives a confused grunt. Yeah. Uh, but I think at the fence, it's a grunt yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Not a oh, uh, yes, but a yes. Yeah. Ah, oh, ding, 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 yes. you're correct. Ah, oh, yeah, that's what? right. <laughs> yeah, no, when, when Jill tells Tim that he doesn't want the greenhouse to be built because it'll make it harder for him to talk to Wilson, Tim confused grunts, which we count, but then, yeah, he does a grunt yes to Wilson, which we do not count. So, very well done. Way to, way to tally Thank those you. grunts. I appreciate it. Truman, mm-hmm. what did we learn from this episode? Uh, we learned that, uh, you know, zoning rules are in place for <laughs> a reason, and they have their place, but what they shouldn't be used for, they shouldn't be abused to try and control what other people are doing with their property. So if you don't want your neighbor to, say, build a greenhouse, or maybe you don't want your neighbor to build an accessory dwelling unit in the backyard, or maybe if you don't want your neighbor to sell their house to a company that's going to turn it into some multifamily apartment-style housing that would actually lead to a situation where more working-class people can afford to live in your desirable neighborhood and commute more easily to their jobs there, you should just sit the hell back and not worry about it because you didn't buy the whole damn neighborhood, you just bought your house. (laughs) <laughs> what did you learn? I'm I'm um, so much fun. I am I am the most fun at at all of the community meetings. The Studio City Neighborhood Council <laughs> loves me. I'm great. I learned uh, cut a cucumber from your mom, you dingo. <laughs> Wait, you dingo. You're calling someone a wild Australian dog as an insult? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, if more dingoes were cutting cucumbers, they wouldn't be out there eating babies, and, you know, that's <laughs> that's preferable. Keep those dingoes off the streets. 
Oh, I guess that's it, Truman. Let's wrap up this episode. If you want to help us support us in these final moments and bridge us to the next project, which we will announce sometime in the next before the end of this. Yeah, yeah. Mystery project. Mystery (laughs) announcement date. Building building up that tension yeah uh if you want to help support all of this journey you can do so over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod where for only a dollar a month you can get access to our entire library of over 200 episodes of gruntwork nights episodes which you don't have to listen to no uh but they're there if yeah. you want to or not yeah um stop by to say hi to us on Social media. Yeah. Somewhere. Any one of them. <laughs> At GruntworkPod. Um, just check every social media network. Type in Gruntwork. <laughs> see if something comes up. Maybe it'll be us. Maybe it'll be an imposter. Maybe it'll be like a, a you know construction firm or something that decided to use that name. We, You know, we might be there. I just don't know how active we are there. F- folks, uh, folks, don't use social media. It's pretty clearly bad for you. <laughs> yes. You can email us at GruntworkPod podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or mm-hmm. want to get in touch with or you could join our discord server where we we chat with people yeah um leave us a rating review uh on whatever pad pad catcher yeah uh, uh well, pod catcher leave us a <laughs> listen to us order some pad tie leave a review on the pad tie and put it outside your door and we'll, we'll get it uh send me send me some vegan pad tie and mm. i will eat it yeah um and I visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Pad, pad Thai love, maybe? I don't know. There could be something there. You can listen to this episode again and many other episodes. And until next time, when we bring you Season 8, Episode 21 of Home Improvement, I, holy moly, have been Landon Solano. I have been Truman Caps. And remember, people who live in glass greenhouses shouldn't throw shade. <laughs>